the biggest question in, in maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades will be what to do with all these useless people. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. This is something that has to get to zero. The old world is dying, and like all dying orders, they're trying to take us down with them. The time to choose a side has come. Ask yourself, for your future, for our future, and for generations to come, were you born to be a slave to the old world, or were you born to be an architect of the future? It is Monday, the third day of October, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? It's good to see you. I'm fine. A brain ache. Too much going on. I want to have a good... Um, I, I'll make my apology first to the people that are listening. I might go into a 10-minute boring session later on, but hopefully the content that I go into may help some people. Looking forward to it. I haven't talked to you this week except for the hour that we just did in prep. So I haven't really discussed anything with you uh, as to what you want to talk about. I mean, I, you gave me a little bit of snippets and previews, but um, you never let me see your notes before you start. But anyway, I do have some audio that we're going to get to that uh, that you mentioned from the, uh, I believe it was the labor conference. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But before we do that, Bruce, how are you? I'm healthy and alive, as usual. Glad to hear it. How was you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. So, all right, what do you got? Where would you like to start? Um, let's do a positive. Let's start with that Labour conference because, I mean, that was Leicester. I, I believe that was um, the Leicester Labour conference. And, he, I mean, it was a, a chap called Sanchez. He tried to actually speak out about his own party. And it's good that somebody has the backbone to actually speak up. And we need more of it. We need more of it. And if you could... um the audio for that that'd be brilliant because i i found it really interesting because this chap he stood up he wanted to make the point about i think it was um a point called 13 within what the labor government would do if they were in and or what they represented in the point of how they would support what they did with ukraine and what actually ukraine stands for and he himself vocally put his existence on the line because he actually, I believe, got suspended from his party after saying this and they actually cut him off at the conference with some stupid line about saying something about everything's got to be debated, but they wouldn't allow him to do it. Well, it's not very inclusive of them, is it? No, not really. Not when they're called the Labour Party, which is supposed to be a people's party. And certainly not when this is a uh, BIPOC, is that what they're uh, they're called in the, the UK woke language? Is that how it is? You're not going to call him Black Indian person of color or, or whatever it is. I, the, your your adverse actually say that. So I well no in, in the UK we've 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 actually got past that actually. Um, oh, you're past that. Okay. That was the last I saw. Yeah, it's well, it's, you are who you are. Fair enough. This is Angelo Sanchez from Leicester. What does supporting Motion 13 on Ukraine mean? It means that the future Labour government will be sending money to a government, the Ukrainian government, 
that is repressing the left in their own country, a government that is criminalizing socialist parties and imprisoning Ukrainian activists. You will be supporting a government that has passed anti-workers' anti laws, which completely strips Ukrainian workers of collective rights. If you support this motion, motion 13 on Ukraine, you are not supporting the Ukrainian people. You are supporting only the United States. You are supporting neoliberalism. You are supporting imperialism. Conference. Sorry, excuse me, delegate. Delegate, this is a debate. You've got to listen uh, to all points of view, please. No. If you support this motion 13 on Ukraine, you will be complicit of war crimes committed by the United States. The NATO is just a tool for maintaining U.S. hegemony. Therefore, supporting the NATO, you are not supporting the Ukrainian people. You are supporting the U.S. hegemony. Is that the clip you're referring to? Aye. Doesn't he do a good job? If he wasn't reading a script and it was his own thoughts, I might think so, yes. Yeah, but point is, every bit of that was a bit of truth. Well, I'm caught between it's a rock and a hard place. I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. And let me explain why. The reason I'm caught between a rock and a hard place is because I understand that the U.S. has turned into a, a, a horrible, corrupt cesspit at the top. And it's a big problem. I understand that. It has been for a very long it's, time. So it's I get every it. government. Yeah, it, it is every, every government. government. I understand. And the U.S. has been purposely and quite frankly, the U.K. purposely. Our governments have been dragged through the mud to give us a bad name. Marty talked about that uh, when he was on just this past week. But this idea that he's talking about with um, shutting down uh, socialists and shutting down labor parties or, oh. or whatever they call them. I, I have a I have a problem with that. Where my problem comes in is when you and when he was talking about collective rights, uh, oh, yeah. collectivism, th this is my problem. Collectivism, I don't care what side it comes from. I don't care if it's right or left or, or whatever. I don't care if it's fascism, if, if it's communism or or social, whatever, socialism, collectivism, the 20th century, if it showed nothing else to the world, it showed that collectivism as a whole was a failure. And we're saying that this is something that we need to promote again. It, it no. like the collectivism conservatively, just conservatively uh, by the numbers that are in history books, just conservatively killed a hundred million uh, people in the twentieth century. Uh, yeah, I know, but that isn't what this is meant to show. What this is meant to show. Well, that's what I took away from. It's like yeah, but that is because you understand political in-depth points of views and the history. What this is to show is basically some at least one person standing up and saying Ukraine is a rotten, filthy place and he's standing up within whatever he feels like. He has a voice. He's got he's got the right to voice his opinion, which is good. But he had to get to a standpoint in front of a um the rest of his supposed party to be able to voice it and then he gets taken off. Because how many people get have we will get if we didn't have people with opposing ideas, we wouldn't be able to find the truth because we're at a point where there are no opposing, uh, opposing ideas on the media and we're shut down and we're isolated the general as a general public because that's how it's being run and that is really why I want to be boring later because so many people I've spoken to in the last week and they realize when they start looking at things that you've mentioned to them they go well, what can I do I'm nobody I'm just you know I'm just x or y or whatever what can I do and yes we know what's going on. We um, there's not enough people vocally.
standing on a podium and willing to go, yeah, well, this is bad. Whatever you think about it, he might have been, he's, he's part of the Labour Party and he has his extremes, possibly leftist ideas or whatever. And he sees Ukraine or the Ukrainian government and whoever backs it up from the West as oppressing his ideals in that country. Then if there was somebody truthful enough on the right side, it would find that Ukraine would be oppressing their ideals as well in many ways. And just to show it as a point, okay, we've got one person standing up. We need people from both sides to actually stand up and say, well, yeah, Ukraine is a cesspit. It is being used by God knows what. And I don't even believe that when the last Ukrainian falls and dies in that country due to whatever proxy, oxy war that they or conflict going on there happens, that they won't find somebody else to continue the shite. And that is the bad thing about it. Because it is it is the lid is off Pandora's box and it never goes on. And you can't put the lid on that. I mean, when when Tito opted his clogs, he was a dictator. But that dictator kept that country together and all but one thing we understood when he went was all those hatreds kept bubbling underneath. <laughs> culturally within his own country, grandfather to father to son to grandsons to whatever. And it went into a melting pot and there was a lot of atrocities out there, shitload. And the atrocities that have happened in Ukraine against the supposedly own people, it's been going on for a long time, and it's just been used and abused and manipulated. They don't, who cares about that country? Does anybody care about it, truly care about it at all? Probably not. And I, I mean, it's it's a political football. That's what it's turned into. And it's the same thing with the topics that uh, this guy raises and, and the topics that you're talking about as well uh, in reference to this. We're in the era now where you can't have a dissenting voice. It's not part of the agenda. It doesn't work like that. Everything that's opposing has to be stamped out. Even though this guy has his, his views or, or whatever that are opposing to what the party stands for, the party has their marching orders. They have their agenda. It would be the same thing if it were somebody on the, 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 the supposed conservative side. If someone stood up and voiced their opposition into what the party was actually doing, then they would be shut down and censured too. That's how it works. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. we're in a time now where we're so polarized. And and quite frankly, I mean, I want to hear the conversation. You want to hear the conversation. Bruce wants to hear the conversation. Our listeners want to hear the conversation. The people who don't want to hear the conversation are the people that are part of the political agenda. There's no conversation to be had with them any longer. They're not in the business of compromising any longer. I think, and I, I'm harking back to this again, but the reason I'm harking back to this is, uh, is because I, I believe it's it's an important point that we can't forget because they're doing everything they can to bury it. When you guys voted to leave, that was the last straw. That was the last bit of democracy that we had. When you guys voted to leave the European Union, that was it. You were starting the, the teardown process of the European project. That was it. It was all going to fall apart. Everybody else was going to leave. And so oh, they're not interested one, in what anybody has to say anymore, agreeing or opposing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. The one point that, okay, the decision to leave happened, but it was made by a load of people. Whether I wanted to or not is irrespective. You go with it. But the one thing I did say to everybody, now you've made the choice to leave. Whether, and it was made by a lot of people. A lot of people, whether they were didn't have a bloody clue and they were fed up, or it was made by a lot of people that were still alive from um, the Second World War or the fallout from it. 
and they were just fed up with the way things are going. So they had their mindset there and they were fed up. So there was always going to be quite a possible swing towards this. But as soon as it happened, you put yourself on a peripheral and then all you get from a petty structure like the European Federation is, oh, we are now going to create their own little sanctions on us, whether it's the trade or whatever. But to exist in a westernized world where you're so close, well, you're isolated because you're on an island and the mainland's Europe and you've gone, go F yourself or whatever. You then have to, if you're going to operate within that, become elitist. You have to be best at your education, best at what you do, best at what you create to actually then go, right, you want us? Right, now you've got something to take to the table. So that then actually started to show the structure of the movement that was happening. Because if you couldn't supply that, word elitist then starts to poke its ugly head out. Because the elitists or the people who see themselves as the elitists aren't political at all. This is about ownership and control. They're not a political movement. As if they were a political movement, there would be naysayers and yaysayers. They'll be there. This is about, this then came a bit a controlling factor. And then, well, Mr. Trump got in and, <laughs> believe it or not, a very short period of time, you actually, in America, found some form of balance. That was our Brexit uh, eco- moment. E- economically, you found balance. And then they didn't like that either. So that had to be torn down. Really was the trigger, everything. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I said. Is we actually we found their Achilles' heel in in that we actually had a democratic say, and it was so massive on both accounts on the, the the Trump election and on the Brexit vote. There was such an overwhelming support by the people to step away from this th- this global project that they just couldn't have it. They they couldn't have it. No. We we wouldn't be here now if that wasn't the case. Well, yeah, it's it's like. Somebody had a long-term plan, which was going to slowly sneak up on society. And then all of a sudden, they had to step it up tenfold. And that was it. And it did happen. And you had to implement everything. And yeah, they were ready to do it. Because there's so much stuff that harps back to 2014 and 2015, where preparedness for what or ideas they had you won't let that spike protein go, will you? You won't let that patent I won't go. Let the, the, I, and I, I won't let. I won't let the um, other thing go. And that I was talking about either, because you made me go back and have a look. When you mentioned that spike protein on the last on the uh, last podcast, and I went, "Well, 2015. I'm just going to go back and have a look." And then you start stomping around, and uh-huh. and you find out you find out information that is linked to what happened within the last few days is then somebody, somebody blowing holes in that pipeline. And you find back in 2015, the Swedish authorities actually found an underwater drone stroke vehicle that had explosives on it right next to an existing pipeline. But they never actually said who owned it and who had made it. That was back in 2015. So somebody had an idea then. And then you go, well, who the hell was it? Then you go looking into, well, who publicly or politically was saying anything? I know everyone's bantering around what Biden said and what other people have said. Well, the pipeline's going to go if you if if Putin goes walking about in Ukraine. Fine, but when you go back, it goes back as before Obama to Bush, and that they literally said and that politically said they didn't want Europe to get the gas or oil, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
their supplies from Russia. They didn't want it. And there would be problems in the future if that happened. You cannot. And there were threats from taking it down since then. And then 2015, something was found. So this has been going on. The evidence is all popping out of everywhere. And it's horrible. And it's like, yeah. Somebody, somebody was ready for this, and then all of a sudden, um, there's another pipeline coming online, isn't there? Yeah, the uh, the Baltic, uh, the Baltic pipeline, or something like that. Balt, Balt, whatever it is, but That's yeah, it's the Baltic from pipeline from Norway isn't to it, Poland. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so there's energy coming, there's gas coming that way. Uh, UK have said, yeah, it's okay to frack now, and people are going to be doing this, that, and whatever. It's another organised crime is organized it's been prepared for for how long and that is it i mean that spike protein that, that that's just that patent for it just really sparked my head off it just shows how ready they are for everything bruce you want to jump in there going back to the the guy in parliament that was uh speaking out i probably don't agree with him on much however i applaud him for standing up and and saying what he believes to be right and that's what we we want the civil discourse right we, we want people to go out there and, and share their opinion and, and talk with one another and, and question things. As far as the oil pipeline and everything, um, I didn't. So I, I don't really disagree with with Bush coming out and saying back then that, you know, don't don't do don't do business with Russia when it comes to oil. I don't disagree. I mean, I agree with that sentiment. Like you, you don't want to be doing business with Russia uh, when it comes to the, the oil and gas. Not when you're a Western country, at least. Uh, your, your ideals are so far removed from one another. Um, it, it gives them too much, too much sway over you. Leverage, yes. So I, I agree. But then, as you said, as we continue forward, the, the rhetoric and, and how involved... See, I, I think legitimately Bush, when he was saying that, I'm not entirely... I'm torn on Bush. I don't know where he sits on all of this in the great reset and the plan if you will i don't know where he sits part of me believes that he is a patriotic individual but at the same time you look at the stuff he's a bush after all and you look at the stuff that he's been involved in the the family i mean uh i'm i'm not entirely sure they're trustworthy but i mean are they part of the war cabinet yeah the forever are. war cabinet of course exactly yeah uh, but um, you but you you look at uh, the Obamas. I think that's where it, it really started shifting, though, because under the Obama administration, Clintons. Uh, uh, yeah, but the Clintons weren't really saying anything with Russia. I, I'm meeting. I'm meeting with the oil and the whatnot. rhetoric, or or what? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it all like all the foreign deals as far as like with China and everything that started with Bush Senior. It then moved on with Clinton. The yeah. uh, nuclear technology to the North Koreans, Clintons. The uh, uranium deals, uranium one with uh, Mueller as the bag man, Clintons, yeah. you know, on the target, right. all that stuff started. It really started to take off under the Clintons. And then it was amplified by, I'm, by the Bushes. But I'm only specifically, I'm only specifically going off of the oil and gas rhetoric that we okay. were starting uh, with Bush only, only going from there and looking at just specifically oil and gas, uh, because, um, if I if I'm Russia and that's and and that's the only thing I'm looking at is the oil and gas, right? It, you you had that leverage opportunity, and America has said no, no, no. And then the Obamas come in and go to Ukraine, which, as we uh, have heard from Pavel, Ukraine is like that, that's kind of like okay, it's corrupt, but that was also like a holiday spot for Russians. 
at, at the same time. And if you recall, just on that point, if you recall, uh, a young senator at the time who was, I, I'm not, was he even a senator? Maybe he was still, a, you know, using a staple gun on telephone poles in Chicago when he was a community organizer. But he went to Ukraine, if you remember. We saw that photo of him. Well, several photos, but it was uh, the photo that he took with a Senate delegation to Ukraine in, was it 04, 03, 04, somewhere along in there? What was he doing there? It was, yeah, it was pretty early. What um, was he doing there then? So He had no business being there. Exactly. So that that kind of, that that brings up a bunch of other questions of, what were you doing there? Who were you interacting with uh, during that time? And he was and, just doing business. That's the thing. He was yeah, he was just doing, doing business. business. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's... Oh, under the Obama administration, that's when they created their uh, anti-corruption league or whatever the hell it was called in Ukraine, the the uh, department oh, that was no. supposed to go after corruption. That's uh, when it really got nasty and smelly. And people don't realize that Obama was a massive trigger for change. And it it was really ramped up. And under it's, it, it's like... If he told if me you it think, was going to be that, though. If, if, he, change. If, if you think... If you ever think like the devil would always look like an angel and wear a white suit and he'd look like an angel, well, I'm sorry, uh, Obama didn't do it. He, he had a persona to carry anything off or what the people wanted to hear at the time. It was a horrible facade. It was horrible. And the more the people find out, hopefully history will write itself correctly and they'll come out the other side of that. We'll see. Uh, and it'll all be out there. Because there's so many of them that need to hang out to dry. They really do. It's just an endless amount of the list. The list is it's horrible. It is. It just, get, it just doesn't my head in. I mean, it's not nice. We've got them everywhere in every country. I mean, no matter who takes over, you then start to give it, oh, no. And then you, th you start getting channeled down a similar road. And that, well, that's where it seemed to go. And... Yeah, everybody, I can see why people give it, well, what can I do? And um, the thing is, bring, the tool that was used to bring the people down was COVID. And that is one of the tools that people can use to bring other people down. Because the information's out there, the information's available. And I really, I, I'm, I'm going to get boring because in, in 2011, your NIH brought a document out which is called the level of evidence definitions. And there was about five or six levels. At the top of it, it said random controlled trials best. And we know that how many controlled trials did they do? Next to none. Yeah. Bottom line says, and this is the most least level of evidence definition. It says expert opinion without explicit critical approval or Based on psychological evidence, this is the lowest level of evidence. Therefore, people going around, oh, yeah, the experts all say this. If Fauci's go, whatever, no scientific backup. This is the lowest part of evidence, yeah? Now, this is the sort of thing you go on to, and that's, uh, that's the basis of your medical evidence. Then you go to the evidence of court. Now, this is not a jury. This is where you're sitting in front of a judge and this, this, this is whether it's media, public, hearing. whether it's debated. Just, huh? just a preliminary yeah. hearing is all. Yeah, to begin with. So your factual evidence trumps opinion evidence, right? So your factual evidence is better than opinion evidence. I'm pointing this way because this is what people have got to understand. How many times did you hear it's somebody's opinion? Somebody's opinion, that was it. Where was the factual evidence? 
Well, any What's factual that? evidence that was presented, as in, as in, like for example, in the uh, in the halls of Congress, uh, when Senator Marshall, I'm just using this as an example, when Senator Marshall presented Fauci with the uh, the spike protein, the S1 spike protein, and he says, uh, what, why is this spike protein, why is this S1 spike protein that's in the SARS-CoV-2 virus, why is that the exact same spike protein that was used in the Wuhan lab experiments? Why, why is that the same one? So, I mean, right there is your is your actual factual evidence being presented, and he dances around the entire question, and he, he throws it out. Around it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you've got your opinion, remember? That expert opinion, which is the lowest part. Opinion evidence is admissible only if it is supported by reasons. Now, we hear these different words, and it means differences in courts. So you go back to your factual evidence is accepted if it is found credible by the court. Your opinion evidence is accepted if the reasons are logical and persuasive to a layperson, and if they are more logical and persuasive than the opposing expert. So this is where you get your two lawyers and your two points of view in court. But that's only on the opinion evidence. The factual evidence still trumps it, which there is none still. So then to understand what they mean by reason, they have a sort of criteria if to make it what they call logical and persuasive. So that reason means it's got to be based on credible facts. We're back to facts again. You basically, you've got to reference these relevant and cre- credible scientific evidence. Hang on, that was missing too. Conclusions have to be based on rational analysis. It's transparent, right? And it makes sense to the layperson. It's open to questioning. How many of these things didn't happen, haven't been there, whatever? And whoever you are, if you question it because this hasn't happened, you have a point in court if you want to. Now, the levels of evidence in court, the strongest is factual evidence, like we said, is credible. Conclusive evidence that is well supported and reasoned is still strong. The weakest, once again, expert opinion that is stated are unsupported or supported by unreliable facts, which is or not irrelevant. And all all you heard during those that year of fear and everything was expert opinion. We are taking the expert opinion. This is what your government said, or whoever was in charge, whether it's Fauci or our health minister, which he seems to have disappeared into the background, doesn't he, the poor man? Yeah, Jarhead. I haven't seen up. him in a while since he resigned. I He's know. just kind of, what? He, he must have gone yeah. back down to Davos to, uh, to sip some hot cocoa down there during the winter months. I did tell you that would be the end of him. You did, yeah. You did say he, that. He I was, thought he was not. I thought get, he was going to be the next PM. That's what I thought. Nope, he was not even in the running. So let's go to your facts. Informed consent, and this is the bit I want to tell you. Informed consent for vaccine mandates. The NHS Act in two thousand and three. Also, the Nuremberg Code. Right. This is in every country. You will be able to reference the Nuremberg Code. You will have a medical level of understanding these laws like we have the acts we call them acts in britain 2003 nhs act and they all go like this and that'll be in all western countries any health practitioner is obliged to obtain informed consent from the patient before administering a treatment or conducting a medical experiment so that goes for everybody now a widely given phrase (laughs) such as safe effective False. 
safe and effective is false because how can you know it's safe and effective? Well, it, manufacturers. I, I have to stop you because well, on that one, it's down to interpretation. Uh, Bruce pointed this out to me and I wasn't really considering it. He said, it might not be safe, but it is effective depending on how you're looking at it. Ah, this is how a court looks at it. This is what again, you've got to understand. <laughs> again, because we've had courts rule both ways. At least in the US, we've had courts rule both ways. More now, often than not, they've been ruling in the the, the side of uh, of people's rights, but occasionally you don't get that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, uh, the amount of times that everything's been safe. And the manufacturer's clinical trials claimed safety and efficacy of their own products. And yet, what clinical trials were there? Since then, though, you've had loads and loads of independent analysis of the data, and it shows serious flaws in their methodology and their reporting processes to a massive list, which you've seen, and there's been pages of it. So you've got to go back to that number one rule, evidence-based medicine. Evidence of safety and efficacy can only be assumed by prospective, randomized, trolled trials. None of. No such trials have been published. No such trials have been published. And there's lawyers in loads of different countries. This isn't just me spouting, this is your right, it's in law. There's lawyers now standing up in several different countries on this, yeah? So anyone making a statement that the product is safe without rule one, that's the medical evidence, is making a false statement. And making a false statement, which can't stand up in any court because it ha is no medical evidence. If they'd been truthful, yeah. Now, if you think about it, if they'd been truthful and they wanted to give you a vaccine and they know and now, and there has no clinical trials or whatever, all they could have said was, we believe they are safe and effective. We hope they are safe and effective. The statements they made were false. There were nothing like that. It was all fear. It was all carrot and stick. It was just, well, it was even threats, wasn't it? Yeah. It was even threats. Threat your livelihood. Yeah. They they said, you, well, hell, how many people got fired or quit until the court stepped in? Or how many people took it and are yeah, now permanently damaged or, or disabled or, or, disabled. or dead? Yep. Or dead. And the courts have said, nope, you can't mandate this. So the only ethical, moral way, an honest way of what they could have said would have been, we do not know whether the vaccines are safe or effective. That's the only thing they could have honestly said. And then that would have been your informed consent after that, if you but, took it or not. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, but it couldn't have, like, it couldn't have been that. And this is what uh, Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, I'm sure you're, well, well you're familiar with yeah, him. I do. He's mentioned on several occasions, and I, I agree with the man when he says that the mandates are when, like, we saw the rollout in... Late January, it was for the like the uh, the nineties and eighties and, and up and, and all that stuff. But it was for the the, the really you know the, the elderly and the infirm. It was for them. And then you started to see around uh, February, middle of March, you started to see people people were dying, as in like yeah. pe people that were taking it. Young people were dying. Younger people, not I mean, they hadn't obviously gotten all the way down into like the twenties or anything at that point. But younger people, people were dying. Yeah, healthy people were dying. And at that point, that's when word started to get around to people, uh, hey, I I'm not going to take this. You probably shouldn't take this. And it stopped. The numbers just basically flatlined across the board. That is when the mandate started. The mandate started spring of last year. Yeah. So basically what we've got here is the one thing that could bring everything down is because it's false and it's fabricated. And that is the one thing that can bring it down. But you know this. 
there's something they call the the pathogenic mechanism of COVID nineteen. That basically means fallout from it. Yeah, the like like Johnny was mentioning, you had deaths. I mean, initially they said blood clotting disorders, and then they reached immune suppression, didn't they? But just those blood clotting disorders, which from your spike protein, in that in itself has been the cause of death, permanent disability, like you said, Johnny, strokes, heart attacks. Myocarditis. Myocarditis, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Excessive menstrual blood loss. It's miscarriages. And now we're seeing... We're we're seeing it and just on that point before because I don't want to gloss over it. Uh, Bruce, you you brought it up to my attention was it yesterday or the day before about the uh, the, the breast milk how it was it was found in uh, almost fifty oh, yeah. percent of the uh, the test subjects. It was more than that. It was if you've been seven of the eleven. Uh, if you've been vaccinated, mother's milk will contain an awesome amount of everything your body thinks it needs to pass on. That's good, and yes. if that is in there. It's 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 not good. I mean, if if you've been vaccinated and you continue to get vaccinated, each one of those vaccines and boosters we know now can affect your immune system, and that alone opens you up to endless sickness. It's like I mean, until maybe it's it wears you down. Yeah, it's called immunodeficiency, and that just wears you down. And since there's no real data at clinical trials, what did the world do? It relied on hope that they weren't being lied to. And guess what? You've been lied to in a big, shitty way. That is the basic of medical evidence and what can be presented. And I've tried to simplify it down. If you've been hurt one way or another, if you think you've been hurt, go find representation. And the only way that you'll turn this in favor, and this could be a massive tool for populations, if more and more people go ahead and do it, this could be a tool to bring some people down. This is a tool within the system. I'm not saying it can. I mean, if everything's as bad as it is and the controls are there and the judges and the whole law system, are that spineless. But there are people within these law systems speaking up and giving out these messages. If you think you, what can you do? That is your starting point. If you think you can't do anything, find representation. If you're not hurt, but somebody of your family is, or somebody you know is, they can find representation. And that is a tool that we could possibly use if we can do it, because we can do it in the thousands. We can do it in the millions now, because there's been that many people hurt. And I don't know. I hope it works. I don't know whether it will, but at least I'm going to be honest with you. That is, this has come from people saying, well, what can I do? What can I do? So I've had a look at what you can do. I've had a look at People are trying to help people. Some people are. But instead of sitting there in misery, watching somebody else's misery, try. You know, I, th- I think that what would aid in moving that along would be if these governments, and I, I know that this is probably not going to happen, at least not until there's a, a serious momentum shift. They're going to have to start dropping these states of emergency. They're still in place. Well, we know why, don't we? We know exactly why. You pointed it out. You said as soon as those things come down, there's going to be accountability. Accountability. Exactly. And nobody wants to do it. Australia, everything's been dropped across across the entire nation down there. As as far as I know, as far as I've been able to tell. Well, However, I think they put I think they put a date on October the fourteenth to stop the five day quarantine. Yeah, well yeah, all the mandatory at least in, in the territories I'm looking at, the, the mandatory quarantine yeah. has been dropped. And they're they're essentially saying the pandemic is over, but 
you've got people saying, no, this pandemic's not over. It's not over. Biden said last week, I mean, I understand the guy doesn't know where he is half the time, but he said last week on 60 Minutes, this pandemic's over. The next day you had Fauci saying, well, look, we got a long way to go in this pandemic. So it's like the, the, the cracks are, are in there. They will not drop the states of emergency anywhere. Somebody told me last week, oh, um, uh, they said that the pandemic's over here. And I said, did they? They said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's over. And I said, did they drop the state of emergency? What What do you mean? What's that? They've left that in there. It's the, umbra- it's the umbrella. Exactly. By their- you see, this is it. we got to try and use their tool of law against them because the one thing that can bring it down, even if they keep the um, uh, state of emergency up, is if it is found fraudulent. If it's found fraudulent, there's accountability wherever. And... Where do you want to start with uh, fraud? John, where, where do you want to start John, with the fraud? John, you present you, you fraud every week. Yeah, I know. You mentioned you mentioned companies telling their people they had to get uh, vaccinated, yeah? Yeah. Now, whatever happens, if you've gone if you've gone tried to go back to work and they said if you've got to get a vaccine, otherwise you're out of a job, a company by law should do a risk benefit analysis. Right? It's a risk-benefit analysis. Correct, yes. If they haven't, sue them or just get some advice. See if you can. This might help pay your energy bills and get you enough food. You know, the right? problem – because Yeah, it, okay, real example. R- real example of that, okay? I, I know somebody. I'm not going to mention any names or, or mention who they work for or anything like that uh, for privacy reasons. They were sent a very nasty email internally. All the employees got them. Uh, Bruce, I even read that email to you, uh, and it was not very nice, was it? No. No, it wasn't. No. What, what, and what sort of basis it, did it, it say? It basically said, we are recommending that all of our employees go and get this done, as in the, the jab, go and get it done. Uh, it's your decision as to which one you take, but uh, we're going to need proof of your vaccination by said date. And if you don't have it, well, then we're going to have... Um, a serious discussion about your future with our company and have a nice day, basically. Let us know after you have it done. <laughs> and and I'm serious. Th- this is what they did. This is before the court came out and, and ruled on it. Uh, th- I mean, it's a f- this is a, f- a federal company, okay? A federal contract company. That's all I'm going to say. Of course, the courts have now stepped in and all that's been revoked, but the damage has already been done. I was telling the person, a good friend of mine, I said, look, I said, don't do it. Do something else. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. Go and, and do something else or... Uh, get it in writing when they fire you and then sue them for wrongful termination. You know, something. Yeah, something. And and what he said, he said, I'm just going to go and get it done because I like my job. Well, that's so bad. I know. I know. He could have been creating his own. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and I said, and they called me afterwards and said, you know, I feel, I mean, instant regret. I feel terrible about doing all this. And I said, I said, look, it's not worth your, uh, well, your life, basically. I, I said, it's go flip burgers or something. It, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I said, you can always get another job. You cannot get another life. That's it. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how else to put it. Survive. I said, I would, yeah. yeah, I said, I would highly recommend, highly recommend that you stay away from any potential boosters that that company tries to shove on you. And, and they said, no, there will be none of that. So, but the initial damage, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Bruce. So. I'm going to be a bit of a a devil's advocate or a negative Nancy, I don't know, whichever you want to consider it. When it comes to filing lawsuits, at least here in the United States, you're basically going to get met with, well, this was my opinion. At that point, 
I, I, I honestly don't. Barring, uh, unless you're one of those that was like fired for not getting the jab or something like that, or, you know, uh, you were, you were forced into getting it coerced into it. Barring that, I, I don't, I don't see it being a successful lawsuit. Uh, in in the United the trouble, States, the, the trouble is we know we know we talked about the thing in one of your bylaws in America, yeah, which is so bad that if there's a company that has a contract with your government, they can just about do anything. Yeah, um, that's not everywhere, but in America, that is one shitty bylaw. We talked about that in the early days. Yeah, that's we, what the we situation to, was. We, we had exactly to bring it, it up to warn people. I mean, but then you warn them. This isn't everywhere. This is basically everything can be turned on its head if it gets found to be fraudulent by law and everything. You've got to have medical evidence in many, many countries. People say, oh, the Nuremberg Code, the Nuremberg Code, the Nuremberg Code. It stands. It bloody stands there within your laws. If somebody wants to naysay it or somebody wants to put you off, it's up to you whether you are do or not. At some point in time, there are so many people that have been hurt by this. The numbers are just going to get greater. In some respects, it is not a very nice thing to say, but eventually there's going to be that many people that get hurt that maybe they'll start pushing it. But it, it's not nice. I mean, personally, if they want the... If, if you get the idea that, yes, this is all about reducing the population and stuff like that, well, excuse me, don't you want to do something before you drop dead? Don't you want to have that little bit of answer to your anger? Don't you want to find out why? Let's take a look at an actual lawsuit that is in process right now. A court date has been set for, forgive me, Ned, it's your favorite person, for Bill Gates to answer to a victim's family for a daughter's murder by vaccine. What country? India. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. Now want see, it. He's already, yeah, they, he's already wanted in that country. As a matter of fact, if Bill Gates, and this is no word of a lie, anybody can go and verify this. If Bill Gates took a plane and it touched down on a tarmac in the country of India, he would not make it off that tarmac. He would be clapped well, in no, irons he, and haul away. You wouldn't see him again. You wouldn't see him again. No. November of 2021, the world's first COVID injection murder case against Bill Gates was filed in India. It was the case of a 23-year-old who had died after taking a Shield vaccine because the railways mandated it as a condition of travel. The two named defendants were Bill Gates and uh, Andar Ponawala, CEO of the Serum Institute of India. The unnamed defendants were other government officials and leaders. The claimant was requesting 134 million U.S. dollars in compensation and that the defendants undergo a lie detector test and a narcoanalysis test. The COVID shield is an Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine made by the Serum Institute of India. The Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine had been su suspended or had its uh, limited use in many countries, in some cases temporarily, over safety and efficacy issues. Bill Gates funded the efforts in manufacturing COVID shield, the COVID shield vaccine. So in October of, 21, or of 2021, the month before the first murder case was filed, India's National Adverse Event Following Immunization, which is like our VAERS system, their committee acknowledged that almost seven months after the death of the female, that the death of Dr. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that, but anyway, a 33-year-old doctor from, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that one either. Good Lord. Um, well, anyway, a 33-year-old doctor in India also died of a, uh, due to a Covishield vaccine. At the time, this doctor's death was recognized as a 
as the third vaccine-induced death. The doctor was compelled to take a vaccine on January 28th of 2021, and she came under the category of a health worker. Eight days later, she developed a severe headache and vomiting. She was rushed to the hospital where doctors found bleeding in her brain, and she died on March 21st. Yep, that's right, because if I remember rightly, out of that um, health, health council meeting in Vienna, an Indian guy on there called Johan Tengra who is involved uh, in bringing cases to the Supreme Court and Bombay High Court, if I remember rightly, I did mention it. There's mandates about fines to get money back to work, vaccine damage after that individual death. And you've brought it to light. It's obviously out there now. This is what they were pushing forward. And now you've got more information on it, which is really, really good. And yeah, because the AstraZeneca vaccine, uh, the vaccine company that created it in India was backed by the Gates Foundation. Correct. The head yes. of the uh, Serum Institute was actually Bill Gates's partner. Um, yep. And on September twenty, or on September 1st of this year, so just about 30 days ago, the Indian Bar Association reported that it was, quote, game over for Bill Gates and his partner, Punawala, uh, as the Bombay High Court had, quote, issued notice in a vaccine murder case of Dr. Lonovat, right. where the interim compensation of $126 million is sought. Uh, and the advocate for Bill Gates has, uh, excuse me, appeared uh, before the High Court and has accepted the notice. That's nice, because that started movement from, I knew that was starting to try for it from the 15th of the 9th and so it's gone a bit further yeah. it's coming up which the, is uh, good the hearing is scheduled is on good. the 17th of november of this year yep no that's good that's a positive point forward like that everything wouldn't you rather see him try it here though uh, he needs to look somewhere under international law he should be able to be tried in any country it should be you can't drag him before the hague because they'll just skate free on that one i mean they own the hague <laughs> who Oh, they own them too. <laughs> yeah, them too. Yeah, he owns them too. <laughs> but no, it is horrible. He's the bogeyman. He is the bogeyman underneath so much stuff. And yeah, he he is his sociopathic tendencies of not being blamed for anything and wants to be a prophet about what's going on. And he wants to be seen as a really intelligent, nice guy. He's horrible. He's underneath so much calamity and death, and uh, yeah, he he showed his true colours. It this started. I mean, what year? I cannot remember the exact year when they messed him about because of Windows. What yeah, it was, was the was Monopoly that? thing they uh, they slapped him with. Yeah, you know what year that was? Uh, I want to say remember. it was in the nineties. I think it was in late nineties. Yeah. And since then, yeah. and that was the trigger, and he then went. I'm going to he bring went, the world down. He went berserk. Yeah, he he went berserk. Yeah, after he's that. he's he he became openly twisted, and that's which it. I mean, if and, you if you look at, I mean, I'm not really surprised though. If you look at his background, uh, if you look at his parents, for example, right, his father was the head of Planned Parenthood. Gates has boasted about that before. Planned Parenthood founded by who? Founded by Margaret <laughs> Sanger, who was given top awards from the Nazis for her work in eugenics. Who was Planned Parenthood even founded by prior to Sanger it, taking it over? Was the Rockefeller Foundation. It makes you, I mean, if you think about all these people that have been created, like Schwab Messenger, that's always running around the world. Schwab Messenger. <laughs> He's the man with the briefcase. And, I, I can't get over yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And Bogeyman, he's a creation underneath it all. They just needed to find a switch to f***ing let him go. And people, look, just because 
you have intelligence to be able to further some means or whatever doesn't mean that you're a nice guy. If you use your intelligence wrongly without common sense and in the right direction, in the, without using it in, a, in, the, in a good direction, you are a numpty. And Bill Gates is the numpty of this f***ing world, I'm afraid. He's the bogeyman. He is not nice whatsoever. He has used his intelligence in such a poor way. And you can tell, no matter what happens, you can tell when somebody has got bad karma and it will come back to you. And whether or not how much harm you do with it, he is a twitchy, jumpy, little nasty person. You put him within a free and open community and group of people that haven't been handpicked for him, he would tremble. He would tremble, itch, scratch, have an anxiety attack. And the same goes for people like, I mean, you could, if you looked at Friedland standing behind our little Canadian yeah, she's a piece of work. boy. She's, she's a piece of work. I mean, sorry, she she looked like she'd gone cold turkey. She was twitching that much. It will come back and get them. You know, we talked. I'm going to uh, interject. Last... Yeah, please go ahead. Uh, so I'm not going to do uh, devil's advocate this time. I, I just want to read. Uh, I, I want to reiterate the idea of trying to pursue any kind of legal action against these, or at least uh, getting uh, advice on it. This is something that we have to try to squash now. We can never have this kind of thing happen again. We have to go at this hard because yeah. some of the stuff they're talking about doing in the future, the, they're talking about releasing mRNA jabs in the future that can be aerosolized. We already know this one was transmitting through breast milk and through, well, sex. Uh, so... The, the the ones in the future, they're looking at making ones that are that function like a virus, uh, looking at aerosolizing it. So you could be vaccinated, quote unquote, without even your knowledge or consent just for Excuse breathing. Me. You get it. <laughs> so we have to squash this now and make yeah. sure this never happens again. Going down that darker hole, if this thing was accidentally or deliberately released from a lab and they don't see there should be accountability for it, that's one you know of. Is there possibly a handful that you don't know of already? Yeah. I mean, those there's labs out there still. Oh, yeah. They're still there. And, and you know, I, I always get pushback from, from people, um, certain people from time to time, when I mention the fact that these labs should literally be bulldozed and torn down to the ground and gone up in flames and all the rest of it. Uh, Actually, I get, they, should, they should have a few monuments with the bastards you buried under it as well. Uh, no argument. No argument with, with that at all. But I always get this argument and in pushback. And I don't know if it's just a devil's advocate argument, but uh, I get: Are you against research? <laughs> am I am I against research into evil? You damn right I am. That, of course, but that that's that's the argument that I always get. Well, the answer to that is: You vaccinated? Yeah. Well, they just used you, lab rat. By the way, off you go. But no, I think research, ethical research, right now should be done on what. We now know, we now know that what's come out of all this. We know now that just about every pharmaceutical man-made medicine, right, can have a side effect. And we know why. Because a lot of these uh, cells that are created to find um, pathogen and everything have been tested and created on, believe it or not, mice that have been heretically, genetically changed over periods of time where they've been tested and everything 
And this is where they come from. We know everything in the world is closely genetically related, but that closeness is still a chasm. And that is the problem. That closeness is still a chasm. That is why man-made medicines can have, not always, but can have side effects. And that is why there's a sheet of them. Uh, if you read, no matter which one you get, these are possible side effects because a lot of them have just been tested on creatures, mice, whatever. Then you come to get clinical trials over, happen to be several damn years on people. Students who want to make a bit of a side buck, come and get tested, do this for a couple of weeks, whatever. Yeah, are people that do it. But it takes years. It takes years and they still find side effects. This vaccine has jumped across boundaries. It's moved boundaries. It's moved, it's deliberately used to move the genetic boundaries so people can try and do what they wish. And it's crippling the world. Now, here's a question for you. And we'll have That's to, right. uh, we'll have to make this the, the final point. I'm sorry to say we're actually out of time already, if you can believe it. Here's the question for you. <laughs> Surprise, it's not tomorrow. Yeah. Who cut all of the red tape to start this ball rolling in the manner that it has been rolled? What, an individual or a um, society? The safety, or the safety no, the safety procedures that we had in place to ensure that proper testing would be done on vaccines. Who cut that red tape to make sure that it would be rolled out as well, quickly as I'd, possible? I'd, I'd, I'd like to say there's a, there's a bogeyman in the back of this somewhere. Mm -mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, officially, I wouldn't know who, oh, go on, enlighten me. It was Donald Trump. You, oh, you mean warp speed? I do. Oh, warp speed. Yeah, in America, it was, oh, but then but, I, thought, but, I, I thought you meant someone no, in no, the no. political situation said, no, no, no. like, genetic laws and stuff oh, like no, no, that, no, medical no, no, no. laws. But, but no, but see, now, now that that's been done, is my point, is they've been able to run wild with all this stuff, and the world followed what we did, is my point. The red tape was cut yeah, because, and everybody went crazy with it. I know. I know. That's going to follow him to his bloody grave. Yeah. As much as he's economically, he did wonders. Even I'd, I'd like to say international peace because the world got quieter. Yeah. Yeah. For, for those many things that you've done, one seriously big wrong, it won't wipe out what he's done. But it is unforgivable. That point where, I mean, if he... I mean, he should fess up. Uh, tell the truth. He should stand up and say, "Fuck if, me." This if he did that, move. yeah. If he did that, then he would regain support from some of his base. He's going to lose a lot of his base if he decides he's going to make another run or, or anything. That's going to seriously hurt any chances that he's from got a, from a from a stupid. You see, he managed to have a lot of credibility on the economic side. That even if you thought, even if he thought. Because the pharmaceutical industries, in a lot of ways, were based in America. And if he thought this would bring America a lot of money, no, no. I can't believe he, he is so stupid to actually think something like that. I don't think he thought that, personally. No. I, I, think, he was, I think he bought the power of the vaccine, and he bought into that cult, and he thought science would really prevail and uh, create a vaccine quickly and efficiently and, and that that's safe and save a bunch of people's lives. I, I think he literally a, thought that. Well, then he needs to fucking, uh, he needs to, if that is the case, I would like to hear the reasons why, and I'd like to hear it from his mouth. I agree. Because, yeah, because if he stands up there, not a formulated political answer, but why? 
because until the point that why did you subjugate your people to this what were your beliefs did you run on your own beliefs because that's all it can be because under medical law and ideals everything has to have controls we started from day one not to frighten people but to say you've got to be bloody wary of this they're going to push something and I remember February 2020, and I said, they're not going to roll it out until May next year because that's the minimum of 18 months, and they're going to rock and roll it for one reason or another. And we second-guessed every bloody pitfall, and yet everybody in power still went with it, which proved something really dark, didn't it? It certainly does. I would also, I would also remind uh, the listener that not only was it Trump that – uh, cut the red tape, but when there was red tape in the way, uh, Dr. Fauci authorized the continued research in that technology. So yeah, Trump did uh, open the door. I, I legitimately think he was lied to by the people around him and convinced this was the correct thing to do. And because his, of his belief in the experts and the vaccine, he went ahead and, and chose, but he's not willing to admit admit right now that he he did wrong i agree uh but i agree Fauci, it, it not don't, don't let it be lost that fauci was one of the ones that even though he was banned from doing further research in this he restarted it sent grants over even after we seen there was problems and the the same with the dod and so forth so i i agree there's there's problems with trump but I don't think you have to worry about making that decision when it comes to voting because he's not going to be on the ballot. He's not going to be no, allowed to be on the yet. ballot. Yeah, I don't think he is. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there because it was 2014 when Obama did the I'm going to cover tracks thing when he literally openly said to the NIH, look, you, you've got government funding for these labs or whatever. It's not to happen. And then he basically gave him the signal to go hide it, which he did via private funding and still government funding in a different way. So he actually warned Fauci and told him literally and allowed him to take another route. And he was still in government money. And Obama was still the president. So either way, that in itself And giving stinks. it to the Chinese. And giving it to the, Ch the communist Chinese. Uh, I mean, it, it's culpable. It's it's all culpability. It's There are so many of them. And people... I know it was like medical evidence, court stuff or whatever, but that was just trying to say to you, you've all got a case. If you believe you've been vaccine hurt, or even if you think you've been lied to, coerced, not given the proper information, pushed down a horrible avenue, go check it out. Hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions. If you could just go, I know it's not a nice thing. But if you're on the bad side of this, pick it up. Go get advice. Go get advice because lawyers and the law are supposed to stand by us. And the more people that go for this, the more lawyers will stand eventually. That is something I believe because one way or another, we've got to get this movement going. And on that point, I'm just going to say goodnight. Um, there's so much more to be said. There's so much more every week. Martin didn't empty his notepad. <laughs> No, he didn't. We've all got that, and it's uh, continuing. to hold it. We're just going to have to have you guys on more often. That's just all there is to it. I said to Bruce off air, I could possibly come on two or three times a week, but I have 
family and I have yeah, of course daughter to look after etc right. and we all yeah, have sure. we got to keep everybody on the straight and narrow as much as we can we do and so, we're happy to get you the one day that we do yeah I'll go pull people to death three days a week it's okay we'll look forward to seeing you next week buddy you take care and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week for those of you who'd like to send us some feedback please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com also do you like the podcast you're listening to we do love having you as a listener and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends that's all just five friends do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction it's been a pleasure gentlemen thank you for being here this evening thank you to all of the listeners everyone have a great evening 